Podcast One Production. Hi, I'm Nat Kringudis. And I'm Cecilia Ramsdale. Welcome to The Wellness Collective, a podcast where we invite you to be part of our wellness community to share, learn and live better. Nat Kringudis. Cecilia Ramsdale. How are you? We're very formal, aren't we? Always mm. with full names. Mm-hmm. Mm, that's okay. You never know. There might be someone listening to us for the very first time when we say, mm. good times. This come is along, true. Come along for the ride. <laughs> <laughs> a big thank you to everybody who has been along for the ride. But look, we've been waiting almost a year to cover this topic on an episode of the Wellness Collective. A year, just a about. Year? Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, back in February, I read this article in the weekend paper. I guess it was around Valentine's Day being February, uh, because it was all about the things that happen in our bodies when we kiss and how good that can be for us as a health thing. And I was like, hang on a minute, we need to cover this off. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And I know you've been busting at the seams because we, we have. We've been talking about this forever. <laughs> yeah, it's really about oxytocin. You know I love absolutely. oxytocin. But, you know, I mean... What could be better than a, remember when you first met your partner or someone that you've had a date with and that first kiss, or not maybe not the first one, maybe the one mm, after that. Mm. The first one's a bit, can be a bit orkies, can't it? <laughs> can be a bit. Yeah, you're kind of learning about where, you know, yeah. where their teeth fit. And, Ugh, <laughs> all the weird things. So that's what actually this episode is about today. We're going to talk about kissing mm-hmm. and how actually we should probably be doing a bit more of it. Do you know, I read a statistic uh, about this that 90% of people remember clearly their first kiss. Oh, I remember my first kiss. So that's why it's so powerful because all these things are happening in our bodies and we just don't, we don't want to let go of that memory. I'm putting it out there. I reckon most of us who are over the age of 20 just don't do enough kissing in our lives and we're missing out and that's just because it's underappreciated because we don't know what the benefits are. So after today, you're going to go around and you're going to be like partner, new partner, Man on the street, lady whoever. on the street, let's whoever. Let's, let's, let's do this because the benefits there. for both of us, they're out there. We got ourselves a psychologist to talk about the nitty-gritty of what happens when we kiss. So I'm Nadra. I'm a psychologist. I see a range of clients. So I see adults, I see couples, and we talk about a lot of things in our couples therapy, kissing being one of them. And yeah, I just, I'm very um, integrative as a psychologist. I like looking at the whole mind and body and the connection because clearly, you know, we're not a floating head. So yeah, so I'm really interested in helping people thrive through a different, different types of um, lifestyle strategies. Love it. So let's get into it. Why is kissing so great? Well, a good kiss is great. And a bad kiss <laughs> is really bad. Do you yeah. remember your first kiss? <laughs> what about your first kiss? Oh, okay. I went straight to my first kiss with Ross. But anyway, that's, that's another okay, story. Isn't it? Well, I guess. Well, you know, it's I mean, funny. That's, what, that's what you were thinking about. I did. I went straight to that, that memory. And, you know, through the research, we know that the, it does stick in our minds. So these kisses, these experiences, I think because they involve all of our senses, um, that very sensual, sensory experience, our lips are very nerve rich, you know, so it's, um, you know, our strongest external erogenous zone, if we're going to jump straight to the word erogenous. Yeah, um, why not? In the morning, why not? (laughs) Um, So, yeah, we do remember our kisses and I think the bad ones really (laughs) do stick out. Like I think the medium ones kind of just, you know, they skim by but the really good ones and the really bad ones seem to stick. So, 
I can yeah. remember one of my first Go on. really Tell bad ones. Tell us about ones. the really bad one. Well, you know, you were like, what, 14 or 15 or something, and it was like they were trying to eat your face off. <laughs> Did you get the lizard tongue? Yes, I actually can tell you exactly where I was yeah, and good. probably what I was wearing. So visceral. And I won't go into it because I don't want, if the other person was to ever listen, I don't really want them to think that that was my worst kiss ever. Well, but also, when you're, it stuck around. when you're that age, you're just learning yourself anyway. But I, I think, you know, as you get, well, there's got to be some factors involved and I'm sure we can talk about this because you can have an awful kiss and then you could probably turn around and have an amazing kiss and the difference is probably chemistry yeah. And, yeah. and a match. You know, maybe someone loved the awful kiss. Someone else is great and could tame that thing. <laughs> lizard. Yeah, that's right. Like, who says it's bad? Isn't it, it like anything that it's in the eye of the beholder? And I would hope that there's some compatibility with lizard tongue and everyone else in between <laughs> out there. So, yeah, and we, we, you know, I guess at 14, 15 in our culture, we're not really looking for our mate that we're going to yes. mate with, but we know that kissing is, is linked to that pr- broader picture of finding mates and, you know, getting a good match. And mm. we don't want to be matched with our brother or sister that have the same genes as us because <laughs> oh, so we're in trouble there, aren't we? Mm. Maybe there's an mating. element of that. There is. In there the chemicals is. that we exchange. Yeah. I've actually just had this major flashback. This is a, oh, my God, a terrible confession. I reckon, I think I was like 14 or 15 when I had my first kiss. And, yes, it all just came back to me then when you brought mm. it up. But it got me to thinking. It was like, this is the best thing ever but your confidence was up and you were, like, feeling good and you Absolutely. had all those endorphins going on. Oh, and yeah. even going to, like, an underage disco, it came down to how many different people you pashed in one Ooh, night yeah. oh, well. as to whether it was a good night out. Share the, share the uh, glandular fever around. Oh, it's yeah. All good. Must have been a lot bit of that. Bit of viral Ooh. action. How funny. Actually, but it's interesting, isn't it, when you are actually on that... I guess it's, it's, you got everything going on. The teenage your confidence treadmill. is up. Yes, exactly hmm. that. It's good so. that it was good though, because I don't I don't often hear how amazing that first kiss was. It's a bit like sex, you know. People don't go, "Wow, that first time no. yeah. was just the bomb," <laughs> you know. You don't. Not the typical story, is it? My goodness, I never really thought about how formative those first experiences might actually be. But mm. maybe it's not always good, and I'm guessing it shapes who we are going into other relationships in our lives. Yeah, like I think it would probably tie into. You know, if you've if you've had a good experience, then you like you know that would feed your confidence initially, mm. and you'd probably be like, oh, I I can do this, and oh, this is nice, and I feel you know this is fun maybe at that age, um, and so that kind of leads you down that path of well, I'm going to keep exploring, and I'm going to keep going, and I feel good, and maybe if you have a bad experience. You've had good experience that kind of, you know, it, it's one among, you know, a broader good experience, whereas if you would have a really bad experience, particularly around that sensitive age, if yeah. you're, you know, if you're 12, 13, 14, um, where your peers are really important, you know, so I think having a bad experience and feeling if you were to get really bad feedback, particularly about <laughs> someone that you really liked or if that was spread around the school, you know, at that stage, mm. imagine how that would shape you and your hesitancy to go out and just mm. keep going, yeah. keep passing and, and, you know, evolving your trade. Evolving, <laughs> evolving your, trade. your trade. Perfecting uh, your craft. Yeah, well, that's, it is, it's an evolution, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I agree. Oh, absolutely. I, agree. I, I nail it, it on the first time. I love that you look at it as an evolution. And let's yeah. go back to this idea of the good versus the bad. Yeah. I mean, what's going on when we actually kiss? 
So, you know, it's it's a very sensual experience because it brings in all of our senses. I guess we're drawn to, while we're drawn to KISS, I think it sort of dates back into more of those earlier days where well, they, we seem to think it's come from KISS feeding where babies um, were fed by their mothers, oh, chewed really? up food, because there wasn't the bar mix and the thermomix <laughs> thing blending up our food wow. back in the day. I have never heard that before. Yeah, wow. so KISS feeding. So we, we think that maybe that's sort of one of the origins of kissing. So, like you birds. know, that mouth to mouth. Well, the, the, <laughs> if you look in nature, there's, you know, the animals do lots of similar things. Bonobos pash. Like do us. they? Yeah, they do. I didn't know. 10 minutes. Wow. With their tongues. Imagine seeing that at the zoo. <laughs> Kids, take some notes. <laughs> See how that was nice and slow, but not too slow. Yeah, <laughs> See the head tilting the head. Oh, it's going too far. Turn Ooh. around. Let's Ten just move minute on. Ten-minute bonobo monkey I know, kissing. Bonobos really, th- yeah. Wow. We learn a lot from the bonobos, but yeah. So, um, so I think it is something that we're kind of instinctively drawn to do. So, yeah, so, you know, we're using all of our senses. So, and I think whether we're aware of it, that, that smell or those, those pheromones mm. um, play a role here, but we're not kind of conscious that we're sniffing their pheromones mm. and kind of thinking that they're a good match. But so I think, you know, we're drawn to, to that, that experience. You know, we know that it, it's sort of, we, we have like a combination. I guess if it's good, we have a combination of, you know, the feel-good hormones. So oxytocin, I've heard, is one of your mm-hmm. favourites. Does that come up yes. in every episode? Oh, oh, Cecilia you know, loves. I do love it. Yes, she does. Definitely. I think everyone That's needs more oxytocin in their thing. life. Come on. Yes. So Agreed. if we're feeling affectionate and we're feeling close and connected to someone, mm. particularly if it's someone that we're, you know, attracted to and there's that sexual attraction, then, you know, kissing sort of is just a natural kind of flow on, I guess, from there. So we have the oxytocin. If it's good again, we have dopamine and serotonin and there we go, bang, we've hit the jackpot if we've got those three three floating around, mm-hmm, don't we? Mm-hmm. So then, you know, we want more of it, don't we? So yeah. if we've got that going on, we just want to get more of it. So that very, it's very addictive and I think yes. that's why we sort of explain that first 18 months of a relationship as we're on drugs, really. We really are on drugs. But then what happens? Why does it go? Well, it can go. Are you talking about the kissing, the relationship, well, I think it the all buzz, kind of just all changes, of that Kissing is something that often leaves relationships. Yeah, it does. And this is the thing. Like, I did a little bit of a, a survey. Mm. It wasn't, a, you know, an official <laughs> survey. But, you know, with through my work and with friends, you know, I'm a, a very curious person naturally and I'm quite open and there's sort of not many topics that are off, yeah. off the off the scale with me. So um, so I did a little bit of a survey. I thought I'd check in and, and see who pashes. And no one really pashes, you know, not, I mean, so I'm 41. So, you know, we're, we're sort of, we've hit that, we've been married, most of my friends, for, you know, a good 10, 15 years. So people have been with their partners for a while. But, yeah, I was sort of a bit sad to hear that people don't really pash. And I have to say, I'll throw my husband in this. He's going to hate me. Yeah. Um, but we do do a little bit of pashing here and there. Yeah. And I kind, I think, I'm quite conscious of of still including it in in mm. part yeah, as our relationship. So I think I I'm lucky that 
I understand how important it is and how connected. Well, I guess also what feel. happens is that to if you haven't done that for such a long time, and then you sort of start it to awkward. Be really awkward. It's very awkward, and this is something that comes up so often in in um, couples therapy. Is sadly, it's it's more broadly, it's often sex that people mm. aren't having sex, and they do. They really feel so awkward, and what happens then is you lose lose confidence, and if your body's maybe changed a little over the years, and you're not sort of in the shape that you want to be, then, you know, you, you're really feeling that lack of confidence. And then I think it feels like when you hit this sort of age group or older, when when you're not sort of having sex and you're not you know, engaging in all of these affectionate activities, mm. um, you know, that fear of rejection is really at an all-time high. So it's not. it seems to be that that's when couples sort of seem to fear that rejection the most. So not necessarily in that earlier in those earlier stages of a relationship or when they're dating, because this is their partner. You know, if if you reject me, far out, that's big. Mm. You know? Yeah, so, where do I go from there? So, yeah, so then there's even more hesitancy, I think, to reach out and to engage in those behaviours again. So ideally we're continuing this practice, you know, we're not really letting things drop off. But if they do drop off, it doesn't mean we can't include them again. You know, I think mm. we can always... You can to rediscover your first we kiss. Can. We can. Right. Yeah. That's a cute idea. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I think I might have mentioned this before, Nat, but lately I've discovered the joys of the School of Life website and it's got tips for how we live and all kinds of philosophically based kind of ideas about emotional well-being and sense of self and, you know, emotion with the people around us, stuff like that, which is funny because I did study philosophy for like one semester at uni and I had no idea what they were talking about and realised that probably wasn't going to work for me. Um, But I saw this lovely article about how when we're in a relationship, we have a real fear of being unwanted and how even though we've been with someone for a long time and we might have, you know, a house, kids, a life together, whatever, we we still have this fear that the other person might not love us anymore. And so we can tend to push them away. And one of the things that leaves when that happens is kissing. It goes out the window. So your remedy, basically what you're trying to say is that kissing is going to fix that. Yeah. (laughs) But do you know what's funny? When we spoke to Nadra, I couldn't remember how long it was that they suggested that you kiss for every morning and every night. And I thought it was 70 seconds, which you think about it. That's actually kind of ridiculous. See you, honey. high school pashing. Have a good day at work. That 70 seconds later. And in front of the kids. Imagine that. (laughs) (laughs) The neighbours. Just while they're at it again. Actually, no. So seven seconds every morning and every night when you leave and when you return to each other and you look at each other in the eye, that can turn your relationship around. There you go. Seven seconds. I mean, you said 70. Going from <laughs> 70 to seven. Yeah. But even if you think about seven, yeah. that would feel like a long time, I reckon. It would, wouldn't yeah, it? Yeah, totally. Yeah, just count to seven and imagine <laughs> kissing your beloved. That Anyway, so 14 seconds of the day, probably the longest 14 seconds of your day, but we're going to put it out there. Yeah, absolutely. We challenge you to pass your partner for 14 seconds every day. And yeah, and I want to know what the results are. Yeah. Hey, look, we're going to take a quick break, but we're going to come back and talk about what's actually happening in your body when you pash and whether or not a kiss on the lips between friends is an acceptable thing. (music) 
In this episode of the Wellness Collective, we're talking about smoochy moochie. Smoochy moochie. <laughs> Our guest, Nadra Deary, is a psychologist and she, I'm going to, you know, full disclosure, I bundled Nadra up and I was like, can you come on our podcast and just talk about kissing? And you were like, well, okay. Uh-huh. And sure. Here you are, months later, because it's fun, taken fun. a while. I just want to give you a quote, which I also found on my favourite website. <laughs> Go on then. Kissing is exciting because it could easily be revolting. The inside of the mouth is deeply private. No one usually goes there outside of the dentist. It's yours alone. The thought of the mouth of someone you don't like is properly creepy. It's true. So when it's someone that you do like, it's really enjoyable. And it's such a weird way to put it. You you think about someone else's mouth. Oh, it's gross. And, and <laughs> yeah. you know, their dinner or their breakfast, like hanging in between their teeth. <laughs> oh, especially the if there's morning breath involved when oh, you first wake morning up. Is, morning breath's tough. <laughs> yeah. There's a morning breath's tough. <laughs> Just need a little uh, side swig of uh, yeah, something on the side of the bed. But so what other benefits are there then of kissing? So if we, Besides attraction and, like, keeping the passion there yeah, and the hormones, so clearly that's good. The, the bonding experience is really important. But we feel like if you, if you think that all of those hormones, are those feel-good hormones, but also those hormones that really, really help our body, if, if, they're, if they're flowing around, then we know how stress-reducing they are. Oh, absolutely. So this is where the key stress comes up all the time. But, um, you know, we, we encourage, say, movement exercise because we want that boost of endorphins. You know, we want that natural mood boost, which then naturally lowers, you know, the stress hormones. So if we're lowering our stress hormones then, you know, our immune system is benefiting from that because it's the, you know, if we're, if we're flooding our body with stress hormones all, all the time, then, you know, our immune system isn't able to operate and fight off those bugs. So that is one, one thing that if we're, if we're kissing all the time and it's good and we're getting it on morning and night, 70 <laughs> seconds, there we go, there's our yeah. natural immune booster. Wow, so you don't need your probiotics See, or your you multivitamin. Go, go. Well, gut also, health. It's yes. all gut health. Gut health. Well, that's Oof. the other thing too. If you think about the bacteria, like, I mean, when I hark back to the 14-year-old me and the, <laughs> the underage discos, the bacteria that must have been swapped yeah. Oh, yeah. Between that's that whole glandular that, fever That's city. right. But maybe yeah. that's a benefit as well. well. That's right. If your body's well, able to kind of, you know, fight that off. Mm. We also looked up some of the other benefits. There was also the pain relief can relieve yes. cramps, soothe headaches. Well, that's because once we've got dopamine. Right, anything's we've got possible. serotonin. So see, that's got... why you should pash before you walk out the door because you have a pash and then you're like, I can do anything today <laughs> because it does all of these things and then all of a sudden. It's confidence, mood. Uh, burns calories. You can burn anywhere from 2 to 26 calories per minute depending on how passionately you're kissing. It's probably better ways <laughs> to burn calories. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a bit hard to do anything else, Because if you take it? that Tic Tac beforehand, well, then you've just wiped out any benefit. Yeah, there you go. Burn. Oh, yeah, that's true as well. Hey, um, let's talk about the social aspect of kissing because, yes, this is all well and good and we should be doing more of it, but the reality is it's weird if you see people doing it in public. Oh, it's a bit awkward. Well, it depends, actually. It depends. Do you ever like seeing people pash? Right, I don't. <laughs> in not, the movies, it's fine. Yeah, but that's, yeah, yeah, that's, well, that's not real. Right. That's what I'm saying. Choosing... But if they looked like that, it'd be fine. <laughs> I know. But let me think about this for a second. I don't find it offensive, I don't think. They could be doing worse things. Well, this is 
that's true, I suppose. But what about the platonic kiss? I mean, if you think about in the hashtag me too era that we live in now, kissing has become a bit of a grey area, hasn't it? So in terms of when should we or shouldn't yeah, we? Yeah, yeah. Do you we know, just like kiss work? randomly on the mouth? Yeah, well, and who do you kiss on the mouth? Yes, but this is the... Okay, who do you kiss on the mouth? I want to <laughs> well, know. Well, probably not Nobody. many people. Okay, so but, but some people well, you, do. Yes. I feel like... Kiss your partner on the mouth right? and open your mouth. You know, right, so but I feel covered. like yeah, there covered. Is this, there's this category of people that actually go for the lips they for a hello. on the mouth, yeah. Well, why? I don't what, know. At because what you point think do about... they go, this is a good idea? This is funny. <laughs> it's a bit freaky, isn't it? You why? have to be a really, like, obvious turn your cheek to the right or a left and make sure they yeah, miss. But I shouldn't have to be like, which way are you going to go? So when this came up, it reminded me of an incident with... Um, journalist Lee Sales that happened just recently. Do you remember hearing about this? So she got up on stage at an event and there was 200 people in the audience. She got introduced by a man and when she walked onto the stage, he kissed her on the lips. Now, I'm pretty sure they didn't actually know each other. It was a professional setting and in front of an audience and she actually screamed in surprise because she really didn't see it coming and then the audience gasped. I'm sorry, but a pat on the lips or even a peck on the lips is not in, is not the new handshake. That doesn't work. I asked this question, you know, what about I put it on Instagram, right? Yeah. Because I was fascinated by people who aren't romantically Hmm. involved kissing other people on the lips. I find it really quite interesting. And I can think of times where even is it appropriate with family? Like where where's the line? For me, the person you're intimate with, yes, you kiss them on the lips, but past a certain age with your kids or maybe not even at all, I asked the question on Instagram and there were people that were like, yeah, totally, I kiss my friends on the yeah. lips to say hello. And I asked some of the staff at work yeah. and I said, "Do you, same question. And one of the girls said, I have one friend that kisses on the lips everybody. So I do kiss her on the lips to say hello, but nobody else. And I'm like, yeah, well, that the common denominator is not you. <laughs> Your friend is the person that's, a, that's, that to me, it's a bit odd. My nana used to do it. Yeah. Yeah, but I was always like a... Mm. Move to the side with but Nana. See, is, but no, did they all Nana. just kiss on the lips back then? I don't. I don't. Well, it's not a European thing. You know, no. they're very cheek. No, they're cheek, yeah. cheek. They're and cheeks. even air. They're cheeky, cheeky. I have a Spanish cheeks, friend so. that makes it difficult because sometimes he goes oh, yeah. the double cheek and then yes, you forget yes. and so you end up in a weird, awkward <laughs> yes. place in the middle. Yeah. But that's usually <laughs> fine. I think it depends on the Did house you brought up. I'm going to put a maybe, poll right now yeah. on, in, on our Insta stories and ask the question. Yeah. Is it acceptable to kiss people on the lips? As a friendly hello. Yeah. What about kids even? Well, here's the thing. My daughter started wanting to kiss me on the lips, which Mm -hmm. this sounds really weird because it's not something that I've just kind of started. And, you know, I feel a bit awkward about it because it's certainly not something that we do. And so it hasn't come from us, but she's all of a sudden just thinking it's really funny and she wants to do multiple kisses on the mouth. So I'm like, well, how did this start and why are you doing it? And five seconds on the lips is really (laughs) weird. (laughs) So, Yeah, but I guess, I mean, do you kiss, ever did you kiss your kids on the lips? I probably did when Livy was little and then Geordie was born and then diagnosed with cystic fibrosis. So that was like, nope, not that. But that was more for a hygiene reason. Yeah. Mm. But then at what point did you stop doing that if you did do that with your kids? And then I remember actually as a, as a um, 
upper primary school, there was this one mum that definitely went for almost the pash with her kids every day and we'd sit there and we'd watch and laugh <laughs> and she'd really come in for it. But it was clearly normal in their family. I just, yeah. I don't think it's something that's largely acceptable, I don't think, at all. Right. I, I think it, it's a very family individual arrangement but on the outside it does yeah, seem very, right. very... It is like that you're applying that rule to everybody seems a yeah. bit odd and, you know, unfortunately... Not everything is apparent to people. So what if you find yourself single maybe after a long-term relationship? Mm. Like, you know, you're a different person and going back to the dating scene, what is the best approach? It, it could be like experiencing that first kiss all over again. Yeah. What I would recommend to people is just be kind to yourself and know that, you know, if, if you're compatible with someone, it will probably just work. You know, you'll find your way through that like you did many moons ago. But if it doesn't, it doesn't, you know. So I think just take the, each experience as it comes. Don't get too far ahead of yourself and enjoy enjoy that experience as much as you can, I would say. But don't put expectations on it that it needs to be a certain way or that I'm this age so that means I should just definitely be an amazing kisser. And I had this conversation with my work friends last night um, as I was talking about today and um, I said, I think everyone probably thinks they're a good kisser. Don't they? <laughs> Do people go around saying, oh, I think I'm a really bad kisser? I don't think so because I think if you thought you were a bad kisser, you probably wouldn't kiss the way you did. Yeah. You know, so so I think if you come across a bad experience, maybe take it in your stride and try and just see it for what it is. Maybe that attraction isn't there and that's okay. And, you know, keep going. If, if a relationship's really important to you or you want to have fun, mm. just keep going and, yeah, try. Mm. Love it. Love it. But at the end of the day, just get more kissing in your life. Absolutely. But maybe not platonic kissing on the lips because not we've decided that's just no. weird. No. Okay, great. Totally, totally. Nadra, thank you so much for joining us today to have this me. discussion. You know, nothing like a little, I've got a little zing in my belly thinking about it. You're going to go home tonight, aren't you? <laughs> I don't Woo! think so because I'm full of germs still. <laughs> my husband doesn't want to come near me. After we spoke with Nadra, I got to thinking about some of the other things that happen with kissing. I don't know why I seem obsessed by it. It's pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> like, why do we close our eyes when we kiss? Have you noticed that? Like, have you ever kissed someone with your eyes open? That's intense, isn't yeah, that it? It is intense. I mean, partly it's because of the geographical location of your faces. They're very close. <laughs> but apparently, according to this wonderful book, which pretty much covers it all off, it's called The Science of Kissing by Cheryl Kirschenbaum. She says, when we kiss, our pupils dilate, so we close our eyes to protect them. So that makes sense, right? yeah, that works. Our pulse quickens and our breathing deepens and becomes irregular. So all those things are going on. So closing your eyes is just a response to that. Interesting. So we also enjoy kissing someone who has a natural scent with a different set of genes to us. Yes. Well, that's basic. I know, but isn't that interesting? And we're attracted to people who have lots of diversity in their genes to us. So maybe it's like we're putting that person through their own evolutionary process. Yeah. We're that's like, awesome. Let's interview them just on a gene level. Wow. But that's fascinating. I'm pretty sure we've covered off on this before, talking about that situation when if you're on the pill, your body is not capable of identifying genes that are... That that are opposite to you, which is what you would naturally be looking for. So you actually go looking for people that have the same sort of immunity that you have when you're on the pill. 
Well, I think the thing is that when you're talking about this and you're on the pill, it becomes about it changes what you would ordinarily be attracted to. Amazing. I know. But this, I didn't realise that you actually do enjoy kissing someone with a different set of genes. Yeah. So the pill isn't changing your genes, but it's changing the way that they work. It's changing your response to right. other people's too, I guess, isn't it? Absolutely. How's crazy? And also, how's this? And this is one of those ones where you go, well, duh, that makes sense, but it's kind of gross at the same time. When we kiss, apparently the man's saliva has testosterone in it, which raises the woman's libido. Oh, right. So then you want to have sex. But, you know, what happens with female-female kissing then? Well, mm, that's another question. That is another question. <laughs> You'll have to come back. So all in all, more passion in our lives seems to be a worthwhile yes, goal, I absolutely. would say. Don't you reckon that? Absolutely. We'd love to know what everybody else thinks about this, you Aww. know, like, yeah, throw us a review and tell us what you think about kissing and, you know, do you kiss your family or wherever. It doesn't have to be a mm. review. It could be on Instagram, but we love all of that. We'd love mm. to hear your thoughts. Absolutely. Now, um, before we go... Do we have a review? Oh, we do. We have a new review, I think. Oh, it's that's new. exciting. Um, mm-hmm. I'm just looking at this. Oh, yes. This is a nice review. Okay. okay. So it doesn't actually have a person's name. It just says so informative and entertaining. But they did leave us five stars. We oh. kind of like that. <laughs> and a heap of emojis too. <laughs> oh, even yeah, better. I, know. I love emojis. Okay. I never miss an episode of the podcast. There's always something to learn. I'm raising a tween daughter and I want her to have an awareness of her body as it changes. This podcast has helped me to help her. I've learned so much about hormones, nutrition and health. Oh, and Cecilia's voice is beautiful. It's like a song. <laughs> And then there's Foghorn over here. Can <laughs> I just say, I didn't write that and I thank you, whoever it was that I did. can tell you didn't. Very you don't kind. have a tween daughter. No. But do you know what's funny about that? Is, you know, no one ever likes the sound of their own voice, right? But, no. you know, my parents used to say to me when I was growing up, yeah. can you just turn the volume <laughs> down to a mild scream? Like, <laughs> I was never, I was always close by. You could always find where I was because... Foghorn over I think here. That's quite useful. I like that about you. Yeah, thank you. I, yep. yep. I never got lost. They no. Could always find me. That's right. <laughs> a big thanks to Nadra Deary for coming and joining us on this topic. She's a good sport and we really do appreciate her input. You know, we have one little thing we need to update you on. We've changed our Instagram name. Oh, yes, we have. It's called The Wellness Collective Podcast now. That's how you can find us. We really are basic humans, aren't we? Yes, indeed. <laughs> but please do come and find us. Please share us with your friends as well. If, uh, you know, a, a topic resonates, there's this wonderful little thing you can do in uh, Apple iTunes where you can go share episode. Yes. Click on that. Send a link via SMS to your friend and voila, they are listening Just as well. Just like that. Perfect. Magic. Thank you. Thank you. So nice spending time with you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, we actually also like spending, or the other people spending time with us, but we do hope that this episode has left you feeling happier, healthier, and better. Definitely better. 